Why is starting always the hard part? How can we get some actual play? Are there any quick ways to begin? A role play rescue! That is a catchy tune. If you say the real life ends up your days And you don't have time to play Well, midlife is the best time to start a new role-playing phase And you need a rescue Jay's coming at you with a rescue A role-play rescue Jay's gonna help my friend Let's sit down the game My name is Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Hello, rescuers. You know, I realised something today. I realised that I want to live in a world where people are encouraged to regularly play games of imagination, and where they can be helped by others to play those games in a way that suits them better. And I realised that Roleplay Rescue has been the first step on my path to helping make that vision a reality. November the 28th was the first anniversary of Roleplay Rescue as a podcast. We started almost exactly this time in 2018 and it's somewhat amazing to think that more than 365 days have passed since I first uploaded an episode to Anchor. Coincidentally, I... (laughs) I also realised that Dungeon Master's Diary episode number 8, released last Sunday, was the 100th episode of the show, assuming that you're happy to include all the bonus episodes in that count. And I can scarcely believe that I've warbled out and shared more than a century of podcast episodes with the world. And yet, that is the truth of it. Thank you. Thank you everyone listening both now and throughout the year for your support and encouragement. You have changed the way I think about role-playing games. You have changed the way I play. You have changed my life. Thank you. This week I want to revisit a few thoughts on how to make a start in coming back to the role-playing game table. I also want to do something that I believe is a first for Roleplay Rescue. I want to build an episode almost entirely around the call-ins that I have received following last Saturday's very popular episode, 505, Never Go Back. It seems fitting that we periodically revisit the core questions that come up any time We're talking to Laps Gamers about coming back to the gaming table. This time, instead of my somewhat limited viewpoint, I'm delighted to be able to share some thoughts from a cool array of podcasters and listeners, of fans really, all of whom have been generous enough to pick up their phones and make a call. I reckon many of these comments work quite well for newbies to the entire role-playing game shebang too, so you're going to get a fair bit of bang for your buck. But, before we dive into the call-ins and the episode proper, 
I think it's time to drop a new Roleplay Rescue challenge out to all of you, the listeners. Because we are a community, I want to draw ever more deeply on your expertise and experience. It's neither fair nor wise to depend on one man's viewpoint, and my viewpoint is extremely limited, so here's the challenge. What's your best answer when someone says, how can I get back into role-playing games quickly and easily? Can you give me a one-minute audio answer? Of course you can, and I thank you for it in advance. Please send me a voice message. You can simply open up the voice recorder app that almost all smartphones seem to come with and then email me the file. Two messages in this very show came to me in that format and that's perfectly fine. Or you could nip to the show notes and click on the Roleplay Rescue message, the link that opens the Anchor webpage for this podcast. Or if you're one of the 9% of listeners who use the Anchor app, Click the message button up at the top of the screen. Once you're set, this is the question I want you to answer. What's your best answer when someone says, how can I get back into role-playing games quickly and easily? As the kids at school keep claiming, sharing is caring. Send your clips or messages via email to hello at rpgrescue.com. Game on. This is Season 5, Episode 6, The Community Strikes Back. Rescue! Hello, this is Chris. I, uh, I often think about calling in, but uh, because I generally binge several episodes all at once, um, usually when I've decided to paint up a bunch of miniatures over the weekend or, or something like that... Um, by the time I've actually got round to listening, the uh, the conversations usually come and gone. Um, it's the same with most of the other podcasts that I listen to. Anyway, I thought I'd make a conscious effort to call in at least once, um, even if it's just to say I enjoy the show. Um, it probably would have been a better idea to wait until I've got something a bit more constructive to say. But uh, yeah, keep up the good work. I'm particularly looking forward to more of the Three Voices episodes. So yeah. Not really got much more to add than that, so uh, bye for now. Kicking us off there is Chris from Crooked Staff Publishing. Thanks, Chris. Great to hear from you. Really lovely to have you take the time to call in. And I know it's always not you know, the easiest thing in the world to pick up um, the phone and record something and send it in and risk having your voice played on the air, but I really genuinely appreciate it. I also wanted to say sorry for completely forgetting the name of your company, when I was talking in a DM's diary number eight, I I was talking about the fantastic 2.5D stuff that you do. And yeah, it just went out of my head. So I'm sorry about that. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, Crooked Staff Publishing. Look them up on DriveThruRPG or up on YouTube where there are some fantastic videos about how to build your own 2.5D terrain. And if you don't really know what I'm talking about, just go and check it out anyway. Chris, thanks again for calling in. Really appreciate it. And I do hope one day you will call again and you know, feel free to comment. It doesn't matter how old the topic is, to be honest with you. One of the richnesses of, of Anchor altogether, I believe, is this fact that we can kind of dig back through those episodes and from time to time, you know, bring stuff back and make it fresh again. So 
feel free to comment on whatever you want. Anyway, I'm warbling on, so I'm going to stop and just say thank you once again. Thank you. Jay, people, Jeff. Just want to thank you for putting out the Three Voices podcast. Uh, thanks to you, Frank T, and Paris there. Uh, the fact that all three of you game with kids and everything, uh, you know, I do that with my minions. So I really appreciate hearing your thoughts on that. Uh, do I have any questions? I'll definitely have to give it a thought for a little while on there. I'm not sure if I do or not, but maybe I might come up with some observation in there for you to throw out. Who knows? But again, appreciate you putting that together. Uh, great stuff and loved your eight points there. I think you really hit the nail on the head. Catch you later. So it seems like Chris from Crooked Star Publishing isn't the only one who kind of liked the Three Voices episode. And in fact, we've had quite a few messages, um, not only via voicemail, but also just online across the MeWe, uh, Twitter and Facebook feeds that um, you know people can get in touch through. And um, it's been really quite encouraging. I know that Frank and uh, Paris and I really enjoyed doing the episode and we were kind of hopeful that other people would enjoy that too. Coming back to that point I, I made about building a community, I think that you know, this is the key to helping everyone play better, is that we start to share ideas. And so I was really pleased just to bring those extra voices onto the uh, onto the show. And you know what, we've got another one in the pipeline, and I don't think it'll be too long before we can release it. So fingers crossed there. Evil Jeff, thank you again for calling in. I really do appreciate it when I hear your voice. And I know that you and Minion listen to the show on the you know way... Uh, to well band or whatever it is you guys do and um, it's just such a cool thing to think about you know both you and you know your kids kind of getting the kick out of what we're doing so yeah man thanks for calling in oh look it's like evil jeff sent me another one what's he got to say now hey jay evil jeff so do we want to hear more of you and frank conversing about gerps ultralight you're vision and and everything about it are you nuts of course we want to hear more about it seriously man you know it's like getting on the ground floor of a you know of any game system you know we're a part of it and you're getting all of us excited to go oh yeah let them put that out we'll grab it and start playing it that's what we want get us in on the ground floor of the design you know Get us excited about it. Next thing you know, that's all the Anchorites are playing. Well, no, they're playing Black Hack now, too. So, who knows? Yeah, more and more conversations. More conversations. Keep it up. Wow. Thanks, Evil Jeff. I kind of feel slightly awkward about this one because, yeah, Frank and I are working on kind of presenting GURPS, I guess, in a nice, straightforward and simple way that, I don't know, somehow Steve Jackson games quite tends to not quite get there i don't know um but at the same time i really massively respect that company and i you know don't really want to step on anyone's toes they're just so fabulous at what they do and uh, i just love the game but i hear what you're saying and i'm hoping that last week when we put out a couple of bits via dm's diary and also the bonus episode where i shared what i'm doing with my friday night group i'm hoping that kind of gives some 
sense of where the journey's going. But yeah, Frank and I, we are still conversing, and I think we're kind of trying to build up um, enough thoughts um, to sort of have a second bite of that cherry. I think Frank's suggestion at the moment is that we talk about how we can make the game more accessible for the GM. Uh, so yeah, watch this space. As for getting loads of people to play it, well, I don't know. I, I hope that people would be encouraged to have a go, but you know, there's so many good games on there. Thanks, Evil Jeff. Game on. <laughs> So now is the bit where we get to some of the call-ins I've had relating to episode 505, Never Go Back. We're going to start with a brilliant call-in from Goblin's Henchman, which really is relating a story, and then dive into some of the, well, really thoughtful and very encouraging calls I've had from various people in the community. So without any further ado, take it away, Goblin's Hench. Hi Che, Goblin Senshman here. Just listened to your Never Go Back episode and it, re- and it really reminded me of something that happened to a friend of mine. He basically, um, before he joined the forces in the UK, um, he cleared out his uh, disused coal shed at the bottom of the garden and he filled that up with all his uh, Games Workshop spiky monster stuff. And uh, when he returned from the forces, or, you know, from basic training, whatever it was, he found out his mother had just basically thrown it all away. (laughs) Just thrown it away. Didn't even sell it. Didn't even recycle it. Um, And filled it up with old Mills and Boone paperbacks that, you know, probably worth about 5p each. Um, And, you know, to think about the stuff that was in that shed, there was, you know, Dungeon Bowl, Adeptus Titanicus, uh, Space Hulk, loads and loads of box sets from Games Workshop. Probably in current prices, you know, 20 or 30 grand's worth of stuff. Incredible. Anyway, cheers, fella. Bye. You couldn't make it up, could you, mate? Just couldn't make it up. Oh, my goodness. It's like tears watering into my eyes as I hear that tale. Thanks, man. That's such a good story. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Hey, Jay, Spencer here. I want to start off by saying, never go back, great episode, and a very interesting choice of subject matter. Uh, Yet returning to the hobby was not so much a matter of attempting to recapture the past for me. It's more about me acknowledging a mistake I made in leaving the hobby in the first place. And yeah, at the time I left the hobby in the late 80s, There were certainly uh, several factors that resulted in me turning my back on the hobby itself. But that wasn't inevitable. That wasn't, I didn't have to leave the hobby completely. I was in a position that made it difficult for me to continue playing with the group I played with. But there was no real reason for me to kind of wash my hands of it. And I certainly have regrets around losing the friend who got me into the hobby. And I certainly regret how I dealt with that at the time. And uh, yes, and my return to the hobby was very much triggered by the loss of my mobility 
which uh, for quite a while I really didn't know what I was going to do. This is something I've spoken about before. It was only stumbling across some of my old books that I hadn't looked at in almost 30 years that caused me to attempt to reconnect with the hobby. And as far as recapturing the past, what I find interesting is that when I came back, I was really taken by the OSR movement, despite the fact that I never actually played D&D back in the day. So for me, that wasn't so much about recapturing something. It was more about connecting with a creative movement of people making their own stuff and by and large putting out stuff that was far more interesting than what was being produced by the big hitters you know it was just a hotbed of activity and inventiveness that I just found really exciting and yeah not about recapturing the past at all I I feel I mean my nostalgia is far more about rediscovering fighting fantasy, which was probably only since the release of Troika. So I feel that it's much more about rediscovery than revisiting the past. It's um, very much been about engaging with a community and the hobby at a much deeper level. Despite the fact that I've only really had a handful of games, my more recent experiences supersede what I was doing back then. So the idea of um, me trying to recapture something as, um, well, in, in many ways, I feel I'm discovering the hobby for the first time. I mean, really discovering it. And the possibilities that are opened up by online play as well mean that it's very easy for me to find people to game with. <laughs> I don't, it's quite criminal the time I took from rediscovering the hobby to actually getting to play a game and only now really discovering how easy it is. Just thinking about some of the comments that you played from people you've interviewed in the past and the fact that you just have to jump in and do it is so, so true. It literally is that easy. And it took me almost three years to make that move from discovering the community to plucking up the courage to actually say, can I play with you? You know, it's just an incredible shame. It took me so long to make that leap. But yeah, thank you so much for that episode. Um, Really got me thinking. Hey, Che, really enjoyed your latest Saturday episode on giving up the hobby. As you said, it's a serious topic, but particularly at the start, I was very amused. I thought you put it together in a really neat and amusing way. I chuckled (laughs) at all the various um, things you heard in the shop. So I've had periodic sell-offs, but always managed to resist. You know, I got rid of my third edition stuff. I'll probably get rid of some of my World of Darkness, but always kept a core, never given up on the hobby. But there's certainly peaks and troughs. And one of the... um, One of the experiences that I think you don't do justice to, you know, for me, it's never been about responsibility. I haven't got time, um, the kids, the wife, stuff like that. But there is sometimes a certain kind of loneliness, right? You look on that shelf, 
you see all the money and time that you've sunk into something and then you look around particularly if you haven't got a local group going on you just think um no one in the world understands this thing that i do you know so that's what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about those times you know for me just before i got into anchor really i'd been through about two years without a local group and you do you get you look at that stuff and you think oh i'm done with that now it's gathering dust i may as well get get rid of it um and then yeah you've got to you've got to you're glad you have you're glad you don't when you when you get through it and i you know i've said it before i'll say it again it's it, it was anchor that got me out of that finding all these people you know which i've only known for a few months but which i would consider to understand me much better than a lot of the people I interact with, obviously in my professional life and even in my immediate friendship groups. So yeah, so that's that's something. You know, getting rid of the stuff is sometimes you know it's not about responsibility. It's not about lack of time. You just look at it and you you you, you realize all that time you spend poring over rule books, especially when you're not playing, and you just think, you know, I'm on my own in this. Why am I bothering? Um, luckily, not so much for me at the moment. Anyway, cheers again, Che. Two very personal responses to an episode, and they both really touched me, actually. I thought it was incredibly insightful stuff from both Spencer and from Dave. Thank you both for those call-ins. There's such a quality about what you're saying and um, and the way in which you think as well. It's more than nostalgia, as Spencer says. It's more than trying to reach back to something that you've lost it's actually about a rediscovery and um, finding a new way to enjoy role-playing games and to enjoy gaming generally I suppose and then from Dave thank you for pointing out that loneliness which I'm pretty sure most of us could relate to I know I've certainly had those times I mean there was a good period of time for me maybe about 10 years where I was doing nothing more buying and reading games and not getting a game um in all that time and and yeah the incredible pressure to get rid of it and you know what i just forgotten about it so i'm really sorry that i haven't spoken about this before and i'm really sorry if you're sitting there listening to dave and thinking yeah i get it i'm sorry that we haven't picked up on this before thank you both for those call-ins i absolutely like i said at the start i absolutely believe that my perspective, my viewpoint is just not enough. If we're going to, you know, build the world, the world in which, you know, gaming is going to be accepted by more and more people and in which, you know, we can learn to game a little bit better every time, this is exactly the kind of quality of stuff that we need. Thanks, guys. Massively appreciated. So those are the call-ins. But I'm wondering what the takeaway is, you know? How do we sum it up? I guess making a start is hard until you decide to start. I mean, if you want to come back to the table, then you just need to begin. And yeah, that's easier said than done, isn't it? As Spencer said, it took him three years to go from, you know, kind of taking interest again in the hobby to coming back and playing. And even though we can be absolutely delighted with that first experience... We dread that it won't be so delightful. The thing is, though, we really do want you to come and join us. We really do want you to come and play. And I'm not the most social person out there. I'm pretty introverted. I don't find it easy to make, you know, kind of new friends and stuff like that. But you know what? There are plenty of opportunities to make connections and get started. Hop onto MeWe. 
Come and join us in the compact and bijou roleplay rescue group or hop onto Discord. You know, search out the audio dungeon. Full of people, great people that you can talk to. Just two places you can start a conversation. You can find out who's running a game. And if you do nothing else, you can kind of, you know, just find a game you fancy, give it a read, come talk to us about it afterwards. Maybe we can just tempt you to try gaming solo or, I don't know, loads of different options. Please, don't just sit there kind of thinking about it. Begin. Start, you know. Just press play. Game on. Roleplay Rescue is supported by a fantastic bunch of people who basically shove a few dollars into the jar via patreon.com forward slash RPG Rescue. These are people who enjoy the show and who have decided to support it by, you know, yeah, lending some cash, really. And also, they take part in the ongoing kind of shaping of the show in a way that is just absolutely encouraging to me. Those people are a small group, but they're so important to everything that I'm doing with this show. With that in mind, I just wanted to say thank you to each and every one of them. And I wanted to share their names with you. Please say thank you to the blessed champion of the light, Russell Andrews. Let's also give it a big cheer to the sword bearers. Jason Connolly, Nick Lockwood and Mark Graham. Let's not forget the shield bearers. Tim Baker, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Pure Mongrel, Aaron Barkley, Tim Shorts and Frank L. Turfler Jr. Finally, the brilliant bearers of the light, the torch bearers, those who throw a dollar in the tip jar every month. Reese Laundry, Andrew Sutton, Yuho Rutila, the armchair adventurers, Brian Miller, Jeffrey Collier, Spencer, a.k.a. Freethrall, Hobbs and Friends, Darren Green, Glenn Robinson, Edwin King, Peter Skeynes, Chris Richards, and Van Sankins. Thank you, all of you. Game on. And that's about it. Thank you to all of today's callers. Without you, there just wouldn't have been an episode. In no particular order, big thank you to Frank Turfler, Chris from Crooked Staff Publishing. Thank you to Goblin's Hench, Evil Jeff, Spencer, a.k.a. Freethrall, Dave Aldridge, and, well, just one more fella, Jason Connolly. Hey, Che, Jason here. Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Great show, your, your latest. Uh, I guess I listened to pre-release, but... You know, the reason people give up their hobbies and then come back to them. And, you, you know, the only reason I didn't sell off a bunch of my stuff is honestly because I was too lazy to go through the process of selling it. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I still have it. I have other stuff like 
you know, when I was in the army and I moved and, you know, packing up and I was like, you know, and I gave a bunch of RPG stuff like GURPS or not GURPS, Riffs Alanis. I know you and Dave messing with that. I, I gave the Riffs Alanis book and a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of Riffs books to a buddy in the barracks when I went from one unit to another because I didn't feel like moving it. So, yeah, bad decisions, but oh, maybe it was a good decision for him, maybe. You, you know, so maybe that helped carry on another gamer, so maybe that was a good thing. But, yeah, laziness saved me from selling all my stuff. And the only other comment I wanted to make, I, and this comes across judgmental, and it's not meant to be. It's meant to show how silly being judgmental is. And I'm not judging people that, you know, that like sports and like froth. Love, you know, he goes, watch the local team and all, and that's great. And I'm all for that. My wife's all into football and, and all that. I'm not personally. I mean, I'll watch it, okay? But I'd much rather play a role-playing game than watch football, right? But how many of the people that look down on games are like, oh, that's silly. You're, you're playing those games. But they'll sit there all day long and watch baseball or football and cheer and sink tons of money into these teams. They have zero buy-in in. You, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get that. Again, I'm not judging it. That's great if that's your hobby. But... You know, to sit there and, and and be a super big sports fan, but then look down at role-playing games seems kind of silly to me. There's room for both. And I think that about caps it off wonderfully. What more can I say? My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. Let's go build a world where anyone who so chooses is encouraged to regularly play games of imagination and can be helped by others to play those games in a way that suits them better. Are you in? Game on.